Hey everyone, welcome to Slaypedia's podcast. Today I'm going to share something very personal and private to me. I'm going to reveal my biggest failure and tell you how it led to my biggest business success. We'll go over that and much more, so please stay tuned. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Okay, so... In late 2015, I was in Dallas at the airport, minding my business, walking to the gate for Houston to head home when suddenly I felt dizzy. My legs and my arms were shaking and I felt like I needed to run, but I couldn't. It was literally a real physical panic attack, taking complete control of my body. And just like that, I dropped. Yeah, I had a real panic attack in the airport. The panic attack was a pileup of a blown budget for my business, Clutch and Pearls and Slaypedia. I was literally blowing right through my savings. And my job actually promoted me that year. But this caused me to travel even more. And I was worried about my mom who was back at home with health issues here in Houston. I wasn't sleeping well due to horrible planning and time management. So insomnia became my new best friend up and down off of all of these different types of medications to help me manage insomnia, it actually made it worse. And to top it all off, I was fresh off of a failed engagement. I typically don't share this story because for a long time, it felt like such a weak point and a low for me. However, the best business decisions and ideas that I've ever came up with were all born out of that breakdown. Before I can go any further, I want to stop and say this. Your bottom can actually become your victory. I can say with excitement, like I really started from the bottom. Now I'm here (laughs) like I'm Drake. In all seriousness, I've learned to openly acknowledge failure, fail better. That's the only way you can become great. You have to learn how to recover from a failure and how to still pull gold out of it. So I'm excited to share the top three pieces of goal I got out of that moment in time. Hopefully, this can help you all juggling multiple projects, stress, and issues that feel as if it's beyond your control. Mental health is no joke, guys, and depression is real. And if you are not careful, it's something that can creep up on you and make you think it's a normal part of a busy life. It's not. If not taken care of, it can spiral out of control. We wake up breezing, rushing, and skipping throughout the day without really catching a breath. The burnout will have you irritated, tired, and anxious just from the sheer thought of a checklist that you are not anywhere close to being done with. Worst of all, just to recover or recuperate can cost you more while pushing you deeper into depression and heightening your anxiety levels. It's a scary and unhealthy cycle that not only affects us, but those who we love as well. The first topic I'm going to cover is my time management. I think I took too long to learn my audience. And the reason why this was very pivotal, because when you take too long to learn your audience, you spend a lot of money, wasted effort, and wasted energy. And it begins to feel as if your idea is not good enough. It's not that. If you don't know your audience's language, you don't know who you're talking to, you're not using the right bait words to get them to click on your product to get them to visit your page and your website, it's going to almost feel like your business idea was not a good idea. And so I want to encourage many of you who have a stagnant moment right now in business. 
It's not that your business idea is bad. It means that you need to go back to the drawing board. And this is where bad time management comes in. If you don't know how to transition and move yourself intelligently from research to taking action and from taking action to research, you will fail. It's the constant momentum and movement of the both of those moving together to make that wheel go on your business. And when you research, you take the research and you apply it to your action. And that's where I failed. I would get stuck in a phase. Like I would literally spend so much time in research and I would stay there so long that I would experience an overwhelm of information. And then when I would try and try and try with action, trying to get it off the ground, experiencing failure after failure, I would get burnout and lack inspiration. So yeah, get out of that grind, learn how to move yourself along the way. And here's how I did it. I love, love, love reading. Last year, I surpassed my goal of reading 65 books and I read 100. And these books were related to marketing, startups, and everything concerning my market. While this is great, I have to constantly tell myself that's not where I need to rest or get comfortable. 2017 was a blessing because I covered so much territory. However, I do believe I spent too much time in the research phase due to me being a little bit of a nerd and loving to read so much. And here's why I say that. I didn't really give myself enough time to actually take all of the research and apply it to all of my action. So some of my research should have been cut a little bit short to warrant me a little bit more time to actually go move on that action. The good thing is that when I finally did move, I did not experience failure due to adequate research. However, I do think, again, I want to just stress that. I think I spent a little bit too much time reading uh, last year. I spent a lot of time, actually. I read 100 books. But that kind of almost gave me an information overwhelm, overload. And, and here's why I stay hard on myself, guys. When you look at companies like Facebook, Amazon, and Nasty Gal, all of these great, amazing powerhouse companies we read and hear about have one thing in common. Their founders researched while taking off. They easily beat out competition while learning on the way up, never getting comfortable and keeping their eyes open. The key is movement, not stopping not changing your life and making it impossible and adding more things to your to-do list. Just take the time to understand that you do need to have some type of movement even when you're researching. They spent a lot of time moving and learning. So that's how they actually became the powerhouse companies we know about today. In 2016, I felt I needed to expand my social circle more. So in 2017, I joined an entrepreneurial circle This exposed me to people who were light years ahead of me. They were able to offer solid advice and really light my fire and keep me inspired. By getting out and getting involved in events, conferences, mixers, and everything related to what I do, I catapulted myself into not only opportunities, but learning hands-on. I even met an investor for my online boutique by going to LA with one of the ladies by invite from my entrepreneur circle. This is an example, guys, of being around the right people at the right time, and there is no research for that. (laughs) So go, get out there. If your business idea is too broad, you really need to go. Many successful startups discover their niche market by their attempts and failures at the beginning. I mean, look at Amazon. They didn't turn profit for years, and they actually looked a little bit stagnant over the past few decades. Their goal was to simply sell books, so they thought. Well, now their motto is actually 
We sell everything from A to Z. So you will never discover your niche market and get in where you fit in just by researching. Just start posting, test, try different ways to relate to your community, have giveaways. It's right there in the midst of actually being hands-on and fumbling around. You really learn the language your audience uses, what they want to see more and less of, and more important, guys, how to monetize off of your passion. So the second topic I want to go over that allowed me to learn from my burnout was how to hire the right people. I lost a lot of money playing this little game of how to hire Oh, that doesn't work. Let me do a contractor. Let me do this. Let me do that. Make sure you pay attention to this part. If you're at a place in your business where you are hiring contractors or employees. Okay. So number one, instead of having an interview where you ask questions that most people can answer, give them your problems to solve. Okay. Because you don't have time to waste. You risk hiring a person that sucks at the job, but they're good at interviewing. So don't ask them those basic interview questions. Give them your problems. Yes, literally. For instance, if you need a person who can sew during the interview, have the sewing machine there to see if they can answer or help aid you in any questions or concerns you may have and maybe teach you a thing or two. Show them your problem and get them to do some of their work at that point. I find that I see how resourceful people truly are because they are coming in with fresh eyes and a good skill set. They may cause you to see something you may never even notice, introduce you to an easier way of doing things and much more. So many benefits, guys, to just giving people your problems in the interview. So when it's time to interview them, take them to the issue to see not only their skill set, but their critical thinking skills and efficiency. I also find that people tend to show other skills that you may not have thought to ask about. When I hired the person that manages my customer service in her interview, I gave her emails to answer. I purposely put the extra needy customers emails ahead and looked at her response time language she used, and the tone of her email. I made better decisions just by saying, hey, here's the problem. How do you fix this? What does your work look like for my situation? Make sure to mention in the post for the job that you will have to perform certain tasks in the interview. This will ensure that you don't waste anyone's time and you get what you need exactly the way it works for you. Voila. My mentor asked me this, what does your ideal employee look like? By not being clear on what I needed, I blew my budget and wasted precious time simply by not being detailed enough or even knowing exactly what I wanted. For each time something did not work out, I had to start over. This indeed was my fault. I wasn't clear on exactly what problems I needed solved and how, the type of skill set I needed, and the type of person that would be my dream assistant. So be very descriptive. Write it out. The third thing I want to go over is to contract or to hire an employee. Guys, let me stress this. This is probably the most valuable piece of information I can give you in this podcast for free, okay? You need to know if the job you need filled is short-term or long-term. Building a website is a short-term project, okay? But a person to manage your calendar or handle customer service, that's a person that actually is a part of your team. Contractors can help your business through periods of difficulty or growth but they don't add value to the core business. So don't think your business is just gonna rest on you having contractors. That's just a phase. And sometimes it's just a short-term project that you need them to 
Fix or both? Investing employees can pay better long-term dividends than spending a lot of money on contractors. If you're thinking, well, I'm a small business, I can't afford employees, that's fine. This is simply to be able to set a realistic budget, proper training, clear expectations, and vision for the person you hire. And my fourth point and last point for this topic that I want to go over To get the best talent, make sure you're offering them something. Yeah, more than a paycheck. What do they want? Ask them. Are they in law school? Well, offer to pull them into cases a little closer so they can learn how you work on behalf of your client. This is hands-on training that a lot of people would jump on. Introduce them to more skills that they lack. Offer to mentor. So not only are they getting a paycheck, they're getting something they cannot get in school. I train, teach, develop, and nurture their dreams and gifts as well because my employees matter to me. What is it that they want to do or be in five years? Listen, people work harder and perform above average when they feel value for their time. Think about all of the horrible bosses you had over the years. I bet a lot of it was rooted out of the sheer fact that you felt overlooked and not valued. And my last and final point, I want to go over that I pull from my burnout guys. The most important thing I've learned since then has been to pause, stop, and rest. Rest day for me is actually very productive because it allows energy and thoughts to flow freely. You're actually more productive and valuable after you have rested. Running on empty costs more because when you burn out, get sick, take a nap, or a sleep binge, or keep having these anxiety attacks, guys, it will cost you. You are not the most innovative when you are worried and anxious. Resting allows you to really take everything in and take a calculated approach and planned approach to situations rather than throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks. I hear people say all the time, I don't have time to sleep or rest. I even see it being glamorized on social media in the little screen captions. That's not true, guys, and that's not realistic. Even celebrities who we know to have amazing work ethics get more done because they have teams in place that aid them. That's the part you don't see on social media. Many of them even have agencies to run their social media. So take a chill pill. Don't compare your output to someone who has been doing the same type of work or business longer than you. Consider this, when you are your healthiest, you perform your best. But when you are rushing, you are literally throwing stuff together out of sheer desperation and hoping it works rather than stopping to pause and look at how far you have come. You are human, not a mortal. I'm even serious about ending my day on a grateful and peaceful note. I will light candles and take a deep soak while listening to my favorite music. I start my day with positive affirmations in the mirror, like being Mary Jane. (laughs) And I even pause every morning for 10 minutes to meditate and reflect over all of the things that I'm very grateful for. I don't start my day running, checking social media and emails. I don't end the day working myself to sleep. I have noticed since then I'm in a better mood. I seem to have more time and get more done. I'm not in a dark space and I even get to enjoy and take in each moment of my day so that the days don't feel as if they are just passing me by. And I just want to close with this final piece that I got from one of my spiritual mentors. Guard your dreams with discretion. Don't share everything. Because if you do, you will allow faithless people to have jurisdiction into a territory that requires you to be faithful. So with that being said, God bless and thanks for tuning in. 
Be sure to subscribe and follow at Slaypedia on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Slaypedia. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode.